The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Mullins has a bit of an issue. Well, we all knew that, to be honest, but this is a this is a bit of a social um, social media issue. And you wouldn't have thought the great Kevin Mullins would have any issues at all with social media because he knows everything there is to know about social media, except the fact that you've now filled up your friends' quota. You can't have any more friends, Kev. That's it. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I had an email from somebody the other day saying, I've, I've friend requested you on Facebook, but you haven't accepted. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry, sir. I'll, I'll pop off and accept you now. But when I pressed accept, Facebook said, nah, sorry. Got and too many. This is because you've, I mean, you, you, you have got to, what is it? How many thousands do you need to 5,000, I think it is, yeah. So you've got 5,000 friends. Yeah, and it won't let me have any more. I don't know those 5,000 people, of course, but <laughs> I know well, about is, six of them. But you could, what, what you need to do, Kev, I've, I've, I'm going to solve this for you straight away, um, and I won't charge you for this um, mentoring moment. Um, why don't you just delete a few? Well, I did think about that, and, and I, I went into the friends list to look for, um, you know, all the people beginning with N, so I could start there. <laughs> uh, but no, in seriousness, there's no easy way of sorting in, in Facebook. You can't sort by things like last time I ever spoke to these people or last time they even looked at my stuff. It's just totally random. It's not even in order of when they joined or when they friended you or you friended them or anything. Well, well, it's I mean, completely yeah. random. Why don't you, I mean, you could get rid of people that you don't want to know what you're doing, like stuff you buy. I mean, get rid of Gemma for a start. Oh, sorry, Gemma, but honestly, but then you wouldn't have to worry about talking about stuff you've bought because she listens well, to the show Gem, Gemma's not on Facebook no oh, is she has not been. oh no. right however I did I've come to I've, I've got a really 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 clever solution for this on, really clever I've raked my brains about this yeah. so I never normally switch on the thing that tells you when other people's birthdays are because right. obviously you know with 5,000 people every day you've got about 400 people's birthday <laughs> and so I don't really want it to say and it's their birthday wish them happy birthday and then showing me pictures of balloons and flowers and stuff yeah. so I switched that off a long yeah. long time ago but now what I might do is switch it on yes and then it will tell me whose birthday it is today then yeah. I can look at that and decide if I still want to be friends with them and if I don't for their <laughs> birthday present I'm just going to delete them or you could do one. Well, yeah, that's a good idea. But you could also do that thing that needy people do. You know, <laughs> you know when they say, "I'm looking at my friends and I'm going to cull some people," waiting then for people to say, "Don't cull me, Kev. I love you." Sort of thing. Um, you could do it that way. I could, but that's stupid. I hate that. <laughs> or you could do it the <laughs> nightclub way. One out, one in. Yeah, oh, mate, you ain't coming in my friends Facebook friends group with shoes like that on. That's right, you're wearing trainers. The Fujicast. Anyway, yes, so that's Kev's dilemma this week. Dilemmas that we used to have um, were things like, you know, selling enough weddings to pay the rent and stuff like that. Now the dilemma is simply, um, I've got too many friends in Facebook, what can I do? <laughs> <laughs> Covid times. Life Covid is, times. Yeah, Biggest problems. Anyway, welcome to the, the Fujicast, you and your questions from our electronic mailbag and of course also through the Fujicast private Facebook group that you're welcome to become a part of. Uh, if you want to send a mail, send to click at fujicast.co.uk. If you're not a Fujifilm shooter, um, do not worry, it's a big community and whatever flavour you shoot, you are very, very welcome. Kev's Book of the Week this week. What's Kev's Book of the Week? My book of the week is A Voice Above the Lynn by oh. Robbie Lawrence, which is absolutely beautiful. Is it? Uh -huh. um, we've got the second part of Ask Andreas, um, and also a special little extra. 
That's no way to talk about our guest, Neil Ford, with the results to the Fuji cast at four. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> I do. That great idea that the, uh, the, the, the founders of the Fuji cast didn't really take part in. But um, do you remember the reason why we thought about it was because it was our one-year anniversary? Ah. That's why it started exactly a year ago. Well, on that note, this could almost have been script-written. Um, we're now at the second uh, anniversary. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Um, but we've got no party for this one. Got, you know... Uh, are you not allowed to say happy birthday? You're not allowed to sing happy birthday because it's copyrighted. Uh, I don't think it's copyrighted. Is it really? I don't know. I mean, it gets sung on so many things: television programs, radio program. I, I just, I think it's in the public domain now, isn't it? I don't know. But anyway, yes, you're right. It's two years. Two years exactly. Yesterday. Mm. Yeah. No. Uh, a couple of days ago. Last Thursday. <laughs> there, there's a clue to when this was recorded. <laughs> Oh, Kev, you've got to remember this stuff. Um, but, yeah, but we we would probably... What would we probably have done? I think I think we would have been down at the House of Photography. Yeah, well, Andreas was all over that already at yeah. Christmas time. He was like, we, we really want you guys to come back. Yeah. We'll do it bigger and better. And, yeah. you know, uh, in fairness to Andreas, he said, have the, have the second year anniversary of the House of Photography. We'll give everybody who turns up a free GFX 100. <laughs> As long as you have it in the month of January. <laughs> okay. We were uh, so close. I know. I know. Uh, uh, yeah, but it's a shame. It is a real shame because we had a great time last year at the House of Photography. Do you remember it was, we were all, we were in Chinatown, weren't we? And, we were. and everybody yeah. was yeah. was like, oh, have you heard about this 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 bug that's going around? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's all getting a bit, bit nervy. And uh, next thing we know, boom, there we are, 12 months later. Haven't seen you since. I know, I know. Oh dear, they were the days. We went to O'Neill's, didn't we? Yeah, we packed uh, the Wardour place. Street. Yeah, and um, yeah, that and and then here we are now. Uh, a party for one, sir. Oh, don't mind if I do. But we will, we will definitely when times allow us, which won't be long now because that we're going to burst through that light into the yeah. shadow or something. No, we're going to burst out of the shadow into the light, something like that. Uh, very soon and we will we will definitely be back at the house of photography and you are all invited well uh, but as long as you don't all turn up yeah. because that's 575,000 of you which is not good we well, can't have more than 5,000 because Kev, Kev will have to sort of strike some people off but yeah, we, but, um, but, um, yeah so we, we will have that party it's going to be a little bit delayed as you say what are you doing I'm sorry. I'm opening a tin of beer. I'm trying to do it quietly. You know what? It's like when you open. It's like when you open sweets at the back of church, isn't it? You're like, oh, there we go. Is that you, Mullins? Stop chewing. Um, yeah. Sorry. So, so for the astute of you that, uh, that that do listen to this and think it's going out live, somehow I'm sure you don't. Um, at seven o'clock in the morning, this is not on what we we, we would otherwise call airline time, which is where yeah. you're allowed to drink beer at any time of the day. Um, right. Because if you go into an airport. Uh, you should not feel ashamed to. <laughs> you probably should. But um, so, uh, welcome to the Fuji Cast, anyway. Uh, and um, I've. Do you want to do an unboxing, Kev? Yeah, let's do it. What have you got? Uh, well, I got. I got this box come through the post, and it is a. Hold on, let me just. I've got. You've got to do. I've got. I should have a great big Bowie knife or something, shouldn't I? Because that's yeah, in what, a leather sheath. That's it. But I've only got my scissors, so I'm going to have to break open the seal. There we go. And uh, I've got this. Uh, it's a Sony 
Digital mm -hmm. camera ZV1. Oh, shoot. Did you the... drop it? Yeah. Uh-oh. Is it broken to a million pieces? Oh, I think it's What have right. you got that for? Now, a friend of mine um, is doing some vlogging. And he wanted to, uh, he bought it, and he's given it to me to, uh, to, I suppose, I don't break. know. <laughs> to drop and break. He said, you know how to use cameras. I said, no idea. I mean, I've not passed my physics A-level to understand how the menus work. Um, <laughs> so so I've, got, trouble. <laughs> I've got this camera, and... Um, and he wants me just to set it up. So I thought what I'd do is just put a battery and a card in it and give it back to him. Because it's supposed to be easy to use, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it'd be fine. I'll scoop it put off. Put on P-mode. Put on P-mode. <laughs> P yeah, that's it. <laughs> right, should we go with questions? Why not? Do you want me to go first or you? Uh, you go first. Okay, Why not? Here we go. One from... Happy, uh, happy birthday. Happy, yes. Happy birthday, Kev. There we go. This one is from Tommy Tuto. <laughs> Oh, it was only Tommy One Tone today. Um, hi, Neil. Hi, uh, Tommy Vessel. Tommy Two Tone. Hi, Kev. Hi, Neil. Um, I'm grateful to have picked up a used X100F, my first Fujifilm camera. And what a beauty. Uh, with three kids running around, I haven't had the chance to dive in uh, in, in, the, in sort of a professional way. Uh, I knew about the ND filter button, fiddled with it a bit, but I hadn't realised it, it had been on for 95% of the time I'd been making photos. I mm. kept thinking, oh, this is a nice camera, but it's a bit strange that I'm always at 160th, an ISO <laughs> 1600, while at F2 in the middle of the day just to get a shot. Quite by accident, I realised it'd been on the whole time. Wow, what a difference. Oops. Question is this, have you uh, two ever unknowingly had a setting in your camera turned on that was sabotaging your good work which might make for a good story hmm. <laughs> i remember when i back in the day of dslr i used to regularly reg and i used to shoot manually i used to regularly shoot in bright daylight at 12,800 iso and various <laughs> things like that <laughs> regularly i was so happy when when canon brought a auto iso yeah. but when they first did it they didn't you couldn't have a minimum shutter speed so you'd put it on auto iso and it shoot at like one quarter of a second yeah. <laughs> or something but yeah i did that actually that nd filter thing is is a common common mm. problem i was speaking to somebody this morning about their their camera and we were going through the custom display settings and one of the things that he didn't have switched on actually it was her she didn't have switched on was the uh to, to tell you when the nd filter is on so if you don't have the yes. option in your yeah. custom display settings yeah. to tell you it's on and it's on you don't know it's on yeah and that's bad yeah no i've i've i had that for quite a while before i figured that can't think I'm it's a similar sort of situation to you really Kev with the DSLR uh, um, and the ISO thing and and the ND thing for me as well actually that sort of haunted me a bit with the X100F but uh, I can't think of any other settings really um that, that I, I, I've also to... with a, c a couple of the early Fujifilm cameras with the um before they had lockable dials on the top mm. I think on the XT1 oh you can imagine you can nudge them into the toy filter, into the advanced filter mode, yeah. and you'd end up with uh, like uh, everything. Everything in blue was in black and white, and everything <laughs> red buses were red, and everything else was black and white, or everything was in toy ca toy camera mode. Toy camera. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, but no, apart from that, no. Um, but I'm glad you found that button, though, Tommy Two Tone. And uh, now, of course, uh, you can uh, you can enjoy your camera. Uh, right, yours from the Facebook group. We probably need some more coming in from the Facebook group, don't we? Yeah, I, I'm looking through. I'm scrolling. Mm -hmm. I'm still scrolling, scrolling and I'm still scrolling. scrolling I'm finding. Scrolling. I, I, for those of you who are on the Facebook group and you know this thread, 
yeah. it's where you put the questions for the show and you'll realize that i put a little cheery character of myself now after each one to to, to in, indicate that i've i've answered it so many people are messaging me saying why have you put a picture of you in a christmas hat saying yes on a thread so that's that's the reason you don't need to message me it's the reason reasons yeah, i've answered your question yeah. um so okay let's see what we've got here all right so i've got one i've had to scroll all the way to the bottom right that's bad so come on people help us out uh Jarell gates says uh specifically to me hello kevin mullins i love it in you know in facebook when they put your full they don't press backspace to delete your second name so oh yes yeah, yeah instead of saying hello kevin it says hello kevin i always think i'm in trouble straight away at that point <laughs> hello kevin mullins uh since you know everything fujifilm is planning years before they announce it in brackets haha quite right <laughs> i was wondering if when you have your weekly brunch with their ceo this week could you ask him just about when we can expect nostalgic negative to be ported over to the xt4 oh. since it's just a simple copy and paste job i'm sure they could have done it right away uh but he does uh, yeah, again Jarrell says Aha, uh-huh, in brackets, of course. Um, that doesn't let so, you off the hook, by the way, when people go LOL or only joking afterwards. Yeah, yeah but I, in this case, yeah, <laughs> I mean, definitely the the ha ha makes sense. Yeah. So Nostalgic Neg is the new film simulation that was announced for the newly uh, announced Fujifilm mm. GFX, X1, uh, GFX 100S. Oh so many x's and f's and s's and stuff these days and it's the new film simulation uh that's just i believe at the moment just available in that camera if and when it ever comes to any other cameras i have no idea i do not know these things and i'm sure that if we had andreas we have got andreas later but this isn't a question that he had asked but if no. if it was he wouldn't know the answer either the fact is with the film simulations i know that they are very specific to the sensors so the fact that it's come in the gfx 100 s possibly indicates to me that we won't see it quickly in any of the um x-trans sensor cameras the mm. the aps-c ones i might be totally wrong but uh, i wouldn't hold your breath there Joel. it's um yeah it's it is as you quite rightly point out with your your little ha-ha in brackets not a simple thing to do it's right. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of keyboard tapping and and programming and all that kind of stuff involved so yeah I thought you were about to say it is what it is. It is what it is. Famous Mullins is what it is. Um, right. Question from Michael Marin. Question for Kev. Um, I was intrigued to learn that you didn't do much, if any, photography before getting into wedding photography. That seems like jumping in at the deep end and before you can even swim. How did you go about learning enough about photography to be comfortable tackling weddings? What was your process? Look forward to the show every week uh, from Michael Marin, who's in Ontario in Canada. Loving my X100F, he says. Uh, well, I the first thing I did was I, uh, I did uh, speak to a couple of photographers, or one photographer um, who, who kindly said, you know, on a Facebook group, and kindly said, yeah, come, come with me to a wedding. So I did. Uh, and that was it. I'd never shot at a wedding beforehand, never really photographed anything apart from at that, the point I'm, when I made the decision to become a wedding photographer was when uh, Rosa was born or just, just before she was born oh, I know, yeah. and, uh, you know, bought a camera and <laughs> took pictures of her and stuff. Yeah. And that was it. So I'd never had a camera beforehand. I don't know. It's, it's, is it a little bit like, I don't know. It's it's like anything, isn't it? You, mean, if you decide yeah. to do something, you've just got to get on with it. Well, yeah, but they're, 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 you know, some people choose their moments. I mean, I, I can't imagine when you went bowling into that room and uh, you had a baby on the way and you said, Gemma, I'm going to become a wedding photographer. What the f- 
that's uh, essentially what uh, I think probably greeted you, wasn't it? Exactly that. Yeah, yeah actually, it was fo- it was that followed by, well, you don't even have a camera and you can't <laughs> smile. <laughs> yeah, there was lots going for you, Kev. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she actually said, if I remember rightly, and she'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly sure I'm right, she said, I think you'd be rubbish. Did she? No. And maybe I have been rubbish, but I've been rubbish. No, no. 560 odd times. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But didn't she say the same for when you said, I'm going to go and be a teacher recently? Uh, What did she say about that? Yeah, so when when the pandemic hit, I was was thinking very seriously about becoming a proper teacher. Yeah. And uh, she said, <laughs> "She said, Kev, you're a brilliant teacher. You'd make an amazing teacher, but you're only good at teaching people when they give you money." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Um, so that didn't happen either, which yeah. is good because uh, now that, now we've got our light at the end of our shining ton- tunnel. Oh, no, look, look at that light over there. Oh. Yep. Um, Okay, you're, you're t- have you got any questions left there in the Facebook group? Or do you want me to read uh, another one of mine? Um, okay, I've got one from Eric Oppenheisen. Eric who, sorry? Oppenheisen. <laughs> Try that again. Oppenheisen. Two, two Ps. Actually, that, sound, that sounded worse than the last time. You can have that one. Must be one of those silly silent letters. What a waste. (laughs) Anyway, Eric says, I discovered your podcast in the summer and it's been a joy to listen to and learn from. Mm. Uh, Thank you both. You've probably shared this before, but I'd love to know how you both transitioned into a career in photography. We kind of just spoke about that, I suppose. What was the motivation, more importantly? And uh, have you got anything that you wish you'd done differently? Well, my motivation was that I was given, uh, I was given sort of, I suppose, a Hobson's choice in many respects, if you know that phrase. I mean, the, the uh, I was a bit, I suppose I was a bit bloody minded about it. My uh, the ultimate boss of the the uh, the company that I was in effectively said to me, "It's either your photography or my company." And I thought, "Don't you dare!" And that's when I I looked him square in the eye and said, "I think I'll take photography, thanks very much." And and then walked out the room thinking, "What on earth have I just done?" Mm. Um, but um, sometimes you need somebody to give you a kick up the right proverbial, don't you? Really, you need somebody yeah. that's gonna challenge you enough so you and I, I think in many respects that this pandemic has been that for a lot of us not not mm. a welcome way of, of having it by any by any means but for example the podcasting i, I i've i've sort of um found a, and i'm not just talking about the photography daily uh, podcast that i do i'm talking about other podcast uh, projects i've just released one about um the guy that did the crunch the raw band it's a and the people he's he's worked with like paul mccartney and um cliff richard and people like i mean he's this incredible arranger you won't you might not have heard of him his name is richard hewson but you have heard him um because a, a lot of the music that he's arranged and things like um what did he do it was the um was it the we're long- all going on a summer holiday no the long and winding road oh yeah he Stop. ain't heavy no that's not Kev. No, but it was the same people, weren't it? It was the no. That's the Hollies, Kev. Yeah, they did that as well, didn't they? And uh, right, no, no, <laughs> no, Kev. Um, but but that's 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 a sort of. Um, do we give any points to Kev for that one? No, none at all. But that's the sort. I mean, that the pandemic and having your hand forced sometimes um, does that to you. And I think photographically, my hand was certainly forced. Mm. yours wasn't you just went headlong in (laughs) well it was kind of forced because it was either carry on doing my soul destroying um career that i had or or do something different do something a little bit creative and and that's 
that's that's what happened. Um, and I mean, uh, part of the question from Eric is, uh, you know, w- is there anything you wish you'd done differently? Uh, and I actually honestly don't know if there was or is. I would probably not have done so much so quickly. You know, there's there's. But hasn't that been hasn't that been the story of your personal success in terms of becoming a brand ambassador you know if you do things quickly sometimes if you have to if you have to learn to swim in the deep end it's sometimes that's a good way to do it yeah i'm a big believer in in doing you know just do it as they say nike world i'm I'm a big believer in that but you know it does it obviously brings its challenges and and there's lots of lots of hurdles and you fall over and you cry a lot but Mm. you know you do kind of brush yourself down and get on with it but to answer the question about anything you'd wish you'd done differently, no, I, apart from perhaps, like I said, just just not so much so soon. And I'm, by that, I mean the amount of weddings I shot and, and things like that. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those things that you've got no control over. You you get the book in, you shoot the wedding, and, and, and that's it. But that career transition was very quick. Yeah. Uh, there, was no, there was no blurry lines. It was one straight line down the table, got and I crossed straight it. Straight in, yeah. Yeah. yeah but same for you it was the same for you well yeah i mean i don't think there's anything i'd have done differently um i mean i did a, i i did um there's some things oh, maybe i'd have kept on going maybe i'd have built part of the company that was doing the schoolwork, for example it was a tremendous source of um of income when we first started the company and i do wish that i'd carried that on really and and because we had a small team a very small very modest two people um, who were beginning to do it. And I don't know why we didn't carry on doing it. I don't know why. Um, I, well, I mean, there's business elements of things, isn't there? That you, We always have uh, kind of regrets or wishes that things had happened business-wise, I suppose. And, and yeah, I mean, you could, if you look at the, the story of Venture or, uh, you know, what's the other one? Um, o- Olam Mills? Yes, that's it. Yeah, Mills and Boom of the <laughs> photography world uh, you know the stories behind them are, are quite incredible really find a um formula that works yeah and stick to it yeah and and away you go but you know one of one of the other things i would say to probably anybody who's starting out right now and i don't think i fell for this trap and i and I, i'm you didn't either although you definitely work harder than me certainly like wedding wise and numbers i just did more it, it wasn't necessarily it, working harder than you well okay more then but the point is we see, and you and I have spoken about this on the podcast before, we see lots of people, especially young'uns, you know, young'uns, hipsters, youth, um, <laughs> with all of this excitement and, and ambition. And that's great. That's a wonderful thing to see and very, very good thing to see. But they do sometimes run a bit too fast for their for their, their young feet. Do you think so? And yeah, I think so sometimes. And, you know, there's this, I saw something on, on uh, Facebook the other day, and like, I have no idea where it, where it, what it was, but it might have been an advert or something. But it was the analogy was that this uh, of a photographer who um, was very successful and you know earned loads of money and drove big cars and, and everything like that. And you know when they when they were seventy years old, you know they they they'd created millions and millions of memories, beautiful pictures and everything, but none of them were of them you know mm. and i think that's mm. that's something to take into consideration that it's not always just about the business and yes. it's not always just about getting the next job uh, i learned that very early on and i i kind of pinned back the amount of work i did and mm. you know f- always made sure it took all of august off that kind of stuff and i'm not saying that everybody has to do that and can do that but it was a conscious thought that hang on you know this is going probably a bit too fast for me yeah. so you know it's 
things like that i think are really important to take on board yeah no good advice um right let's go for this week's interview because we got a few extra um well we've got one extra bit to 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 make sure we do um we're we're going to first of all we're going to meet to andreas and have the second part of ask andreas thank you very much for all the questions you sent in we should say by the way that he uh, there are some that were unanswered there were some very technical ones weren't there that uh, what's the idea with those that people are going to go in and just I mean, I know they are already going in and solving some of them. Yeah, yeah, they can do that. But also, what we will probably do, mm. if it's uh, if it's all right with Carl and his and his bosses, is we'll probably have another Ask Carl session ah, where the yes. the more techie techie yes. type things could be done. Good idea. Uh, if Carl's up for it, I'm sure he will be. Let's uh, let's let's have part two then of uh, Ask Andreas your questions to the marketing manager of uh, Fujifilm UK, Andreas Georgiadis. Okay, right. Graham Millett says, what am I missing about the X-S10? It's more expensive than the X-T3. So, Andreas, what is Graham missing? So, I, I, I did smile when I saw this. And, and it's one of those things where when something is brand new, most retailers sell it for its full suggested retail price. The X-T3 at the time of launch of the X-S10 was two years old. So retailers are thinking, actually, this is a bit of old hat. We were also, at the time, in a promotional period. So the price of the XS10, the XT3 was much lower. So if you looked at the price today, um, then actually the XT3 is more expensive. So uh, Graham can feel good in the knowledge that the XT3 is more expensive or feel he can get a deal on the XS10. Um but, but in essence, it's, it was all about timing as to um, how old the product is, retailers feeling that they need to sell through slightly older model because the new uh, models are getting more more noise and more excitement about them. So, yeah, it's, it's a number of factors, but there's no technological um, reasons why you'd think, think that. One has IBIS, and I'm not going to go through all the differences of the two models, but... Um, in essence, it was more to do with the age of the XT3 at the time of the launch of the XS10, and then it was on promotion. But if he goes on the website today, he'll probably see that the XT3 is more expensive than the XS10. Seems uh, it seems insane to think of the XS10 as a as an older camera. It was only announced uh, a couple of months ago, but I think uh, that w- it was kind of November time. You know, people getting ready for Christmas all that kind of stuff. So it might have slipped under the radar for a lot of people. So maybe just, just tell people what the XS10, what's, what's the target audience of the XS10 perhaps? So yeah, you're, you're 100% correctly. The XS10 was announced at a time where a lot of people were just concentrating on deals and Black Fridays and all, all that sort of thing. So so it probably hasn't had the love in terms of attention that, that it deserves. But for us, we understand the majority of our users. We understand they like the individual dials. They more photographically focused and things like that. And that's where XT30, XT3, that's the heartland of those sorts of cameras in terms of SLR style. And then we've got XE4, X Pro3 for the people that prefer the rangefinder style cameras, the the discreteness of them, etc. Because they don't, in inverted commas, look like proper cameras. Then we have a hybrid user, which is wanting to use a lot more video, wanting to still have great stills quality, wanting that flexibility of both and not being put into one camp so we sort of developed the xt4 for that sort of user right but Mm -hmm. then we have a whole heap of people shooting 
DSLRs, wanting smaller, lighter systems, not wanting to go bigger, more expensive, full frame. And right now, there isn't a camera available for them. So if you think of, and and my dad is the perfect example because he is the XS10 customer. My dad has been a Canon 500, 600, 700, 800 series shooter for 20 years. And don't get me started on that. It's a a big embarrassment and, and... People can laugh at it later, but he doesn't like the Fujifilm system because of the individual dials, too many buttons, and he finds it too intimidating, too complicated. So looking at that, understanding that there is a lot of customers in that position, and he actually wants a smaller, lighter system than his Canon, but Canon don't offer an equivalent APS-C camera. You have to go into the full frame and then full frame becomes full fat pricing as well in terms of lenses, etc. So there's a market clearly defined for that type of customer who's an enthusiast, not a professional, not but a, a serious enthusiast who loves their photography, who wants the simplicity of a PASM dial because that's what they're used to from either Canon or Nikon. And actually, if you think of the Micro Four Thirds Brigade as well, there haven't been a huge number of developments in that segment either. So a huge opportunity for us to offer a camera to cater for that audience. So new users to the Fujifilm system, show them the fact that we are committed to the system with over 37 lenses for that system. So be it zooms, the primes, the the cinema lenses, whatever they want. And that's ultimately who the XS10 is designed for. So without saying actually Fuji audience, it's not really for you. That's sort of exactly what I'm saying. We, We have cameras that we feel fit that, audience be it a pure photographic orientated xt30 xt3 a bit of a hybrid shooter xt4 so like your your snap shooter so the xe4 even x100v or your like your documentary your 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 rangefinder style x pro 3 so we felt that the only gap that was missing was a product to really appeal to the existing brigade of DSLR shooters who want a smaller and lighter system, but their current brand doesn't offer them that because they're neglecting that APS-C sensor of, in the market. Denver Aubrey asks, um, is there any sign of the Instax wide this year? And also, he's very kindly offered to look after all of your Acros 2 film while the House of Photography is uh, is locked down. Um, so, uh, Instax wide, and uh, can you give him a whole load of Acros 2? Um, so, so while, while the shop is closed, while the House of Photography is closed, I, I would like to extend my, my deepest gratitude to Denver for putting himself out and offering that facility. I know how selfless he is, but um, I wouldn't feel right taking him up on that offer. I would feel that it was too much of an imposition if we did that. And I fear that more people would would ask us as well. Um, With regards to an Instax wide printer, I honestly don't know, unfortunately. I I work in the EI team currently. I'd love to see one as well. I'll be first on the list, um, second on the list rather, after Denver, um, if, if and when one comes out. Okay, here's a, a little bit of a uh, contentious issue, I suppose. Maybe not, though. Uh, from Zhao Larenko. And he says, I'd like to know how Fuji choose what to implement on future cameras. Is it through the insight of their ex-photographers, or do they also take into account all the YouTubers? 
and influencers. I'm curious about the reason why the latest cameras had the flippy screen instead of the previous tilty screen, and if there would be the possibility of doing a flippy tilty screen in line with the XT100. Uh, so flippy screen gate, off you go. Um, so basically, uh, uh, Zhao, um, we asked Kevin and he has the final say on everything and um, he's the reason why. So all hate mail about um, very angle screens should be directed to him. <laughs> yep, that seems par for the course. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, it, it's, it's so many sources um, of information. We look, yeah, of course we ask our ex-photographers um, and Kevin's been privy to a couple of those meetings less so with, with everything that's going on with the pandemic, but um, we have been lucky enough to travel out to Japan and, and have conversations about future products. Um, we listen to camera reviewers, both your traditional press, so the likes of AP Magazine, um, Camera Labs and, and Digital Camera World and, and all the others. Um, and of course, the rise of social media, YouTube reviewers as well. And, and in all fairness, one of the biggest negatives when the X-T3 came out was everyone said it's got no very angle screen. So we're damned if we do and we're damned if we don't. We also look at what's technically possible, both and, and factor that in from a commercial perspective. I saw I saw one reviewer, one, one YouTuber moaned that the GFX100S has got a low resolution electronic viewfinder. And he hasn't fathomed that actually we've taken technology that was £10,000 18 months ago shrunk it, improved the performance, and cut the price by about 40%. And, and he didn't think that there was any um, compromise that needed to be made. And, and it just laughs. And, and sometimes you just need to go, is it technically possible to put a higher resolution viewfinder in? Yes, of course it is. Well, what, what, what effect does that have on the price? And we need to balance all of those factors and go, right, if we add XYZ features, it's going to bump up the price by one, two, three, four hundred pounds. If we do that, well, the camera is now sitting in a different um, area of the market and it's competing against different products. Then you have to think about future trends. What might other manufacturers come out with? What are the other demands that people are wanting? We also look at what's selling well, what price points are selling well, what products do we need to attack those certain price points? Can we afford to make existing products cheaper or do we need a new product altogether? And then you need to remember that, that a lot of the team in Japan have been working on cameras for many, many years. And they've got their own experience and their own um, passion about what, what needs to come. So it's it's unfair to say that X-T4 has got a very angle screen because of YouTubers and vloggers, because a lot of the camera reviewers mark the X-T3 down because it didn't have a very angle screen. And we need to understand that, that video is, a, is very, very, is, is sort of like a, a huge opportunity for us. And so it's wrong for us to ignore that completely. Now, for anyone saying, I want X-T4 performance in a more video, in a more stills focused camera. Well, actually, guys, we still have the X-T3 and we updated the autofocus performance to be exactly like the X-T4. So it's it's one of those things where we're doing our best but we can never please anyone especially with the uh, age of the internet and social media i've got a lovely quote here from uh from cuneo who is well uh, he's the head honcho well what what's cuneo's uh, real real kind of job title in tokyo basically cuneo uh, is in charge of marketing 
in in Japan, but he's also in charge of other things as well. So don't quote me on just that. And again, as a passionate photographer, yeah. um, has his own views as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's a great guy, and and this is the quote that I, I wrote down before um, when he when I heard him say this, and he says, "Our products tell the person who has a connection with it, who planned it, who designed it, who produced it, who used it, and who loved it." And, and that, as I said, going back to the X Summit, that, that's what gives me great pride, and and that's what I feel makes Fujifilm different. Is you're talking to the people, the people willing to present the products are the people that designed and were paramount in actually making it. It's like the the buck stops with them, and they'll go, "Yep, yeah, fine. We know it doesn't have everything, or but it does do this, and this is what it was designed to do." Okay, a couple of uh, quickfire type questions as we come to the end. And this one's from Dan Croft. And he says, if Fujifilm didn't exist, which brand, Andreas, would you be using? So I started pe- taking pictures probably in 94 and it was using a Pentax K1000. So an old manual uh, Pentax. I moved to, what was it? Um, Minolta Dynax 7. Um, so again, up my film game and had more more lenses than I knew what to do with. Literally all the gear, no idea. In 2007 or eight, I was working for Fuji for about four years at the time and then bought an S5 Pro, which was a Nikon mount um, and then swapped all my Minolta lenses for Nikon. So I've, I've done the pain of switching brands quite a few times. Um, then I went to work for Sony in 2008 and a few years after that, um, they launched the Alpha A99, um, um, the uh, uh, SLT camera. And I had a pair of A99 and A900, so more traditional SLR. And then in 2014, before I was working at Fujifilm, I sold all of that and bought an X-T1. So... I'm not answering your question, Dan. <laughs> very diplomatic. You covered every single brand there. Well done. Uh, very clever. Okay, a little bit more of a serious question now from Seth Bates. And he says, when sending camera bodies to the UK repair centre from abroad, especially Switzerland or the EU for sensor cleaning or other work, will we now have to pay a substantial fee for customs uh, due to Brexit and all of the ongoing stuff with that? Uh, customs and Brexit are, are a swear word currently in the office and, and Kevin knows all too well that, that we're struggling ourselves with samples. Um, with regards to repairs, as I understand the process, and forgive me if this is wrong, but, but I'm not an expert, is the repair will go via Fujifilm Switzerland. So from a customer perspective, they shouldn't have to pay anything more because their responsibility is just to get it back to the Fujifilm country that they are dealing with. So be it Switzerland, France, Germany, wherever, they'll send it back to Fujifilm in their country. And then it's on our own internal train, uh, our own internal logistics to get it back to Bedford. And then it'll come back to them. So do I envisage there being additional cost to the customer? No. Do I envisage there being additional delays? Yes, because of the fact that actually there are delays with everything being shipped into the UK right now. So after a while, I don't see there being delays after they smooth out the process, after everyone knows what they're doing. Um, Yeah, I think that it will settle back to being relatively normal but i think that i think there's still going to be like bits of paperwork and that necessary to get them through customs because the issue that you have is that you're you're taking a product across the border 
and you need to prove that VAT has been paid on it. And you need to prove that basically it's going to be leaving the country as well, not as a sale. The important thing is actually, if he does have a problem with his camera, call Fujifilm Switzerland and send it back via them. Don't take it upon yourself to send it to Fujifilm Bedford because then you will be subject to additional import fees and stuff like that. Okay, uh, Murray McMillan wants to know if there is a plan, any plans to expand on the UK-based Exthusiast program uh, to be something similar to the Creator program in the USA going forward? No. The thing about it is is that the, the US scheme is great and obviously they're, they're a much bigger country. And, and from, from our perspective, the Exthusiast, um, we might change the name, we might update it from that perspective. That, that's all discussions to be had. But now we feel that actually we already give people an opportunity to submit their work, to work with us. If that work is deemed good enough and different and all of that, we might feature you on social media. Based on that, the relationship starts building. Um, we might ask you to write a blog and things like that. It's important to understand how many applications we get a week. I'm not saying it's thousands, but but it is a lot. And if you narrow that down to, if we if we set our stall out and said, right, okay, of the thousands of applications we get every year from enthusiasts, we're going to have to make X number of people collaborators. We're going to have to make X number of people creators. And then we're going to have to get rid of X photographers that, that have been working and been loyal to us and what have you to replace them with someone new it's it's very very difficult things to, to do so for us we we prefer to stick with what we've got people obviously can contact us in a number of ways we try and feature a diverse range of photographers and styles on our own social media platform it's it's probably the instagram is probably most diverse in terms of the number of different photographers that we feature but we're not going to set any hard and fast rules that we're going to literally then have to make x amount of people collaborators or, or creators we're we're happy to work with people um happy to be contacted but but it's just not feasible um for us and the team that we've got to to do what the us are doing now, uh, you, you may not know this, but both Neil and I are huge Arsenal fans. So our question to you is, uh, if Arsenal were to be sponsored by Fujifilm, would you go to any of the games? <laughs> would I go to any of the games? No. And the, the, the Arsenal sponsorship would happen over my dead body. <laughs> okay, so on that bombshell, uh, I'd just like to say thanks, Andreas, uh, once again for joining us on the show. You have always been very helpful with your time, and uh, you know, we, I think we had some great questions there today, and uh, you answered them with integrity and honesty, as we always expect from you. So thank you so much. You're very welcome, Kevin. It, as I said, it, it's, it, I'm very fortunate uh, to be in a position to um, work for a company which allows us to be as customer facing as possible and um yeah i'll i'll see most of you um on the forums and and, and exactly later our thanks to andreas shorciardis mm, yeah he's a good egg yeah. and um, remember when you are in london when the house of photography is open yes there's lots of good stuff going on in there yes yes you must yeah that that would that would support them very well Okay. Um, oh, before we do anything else, Kev, we should uh, thank a few of our, our patrons, shouldn't we? We had a. I've, I've noticed the pings coming in a bit, and some more patrons of late, which is fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much. So, uh, patreon.com forward slash Fujicast is where you can go to uh, help us continue to run this show. And uh, as a time honoured con- tradition, I'm going to read through the latest names and get most of them wrong. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, Daniel Johnson. Thank you, Daniel. Jake Connolly, Wayne Andrews, Jeremy O'Connor, 
Richard Yarp, Peter Evans, Gavin Alexander, and now, did you ever do German in school? Uh, I did, but please don't ask me to do anything. You remember those two little dots above oh, the, the letter? Um- umlauts. Umlauts, mm. yeah. So if there was two little dots over an A, yes. how would you pronounce it? <sighs> I don't know, Kev. Mr. Wilhelm will be uh, spitting in his kartoffel puffers. I, I just don't. I was listening, but I just didn't take it in. <laughs> I, I just looked it up on the internet, and it says the way to pronounce uh, umlaut is by making a sound e and pursing your lips as if you were whistling. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. Go on then. <laughs> George. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely there we go. perfect. That was all right, I thought. George Hummel. I think you nailed, you nailed that. Did he nail that? Yeah, I thought he did. Well, I think I probably got that terribly wrong, and I don't mean to be offensive, of course, but no. I'm doing my best. George, in English, I'm just going to say George Hamill. Yeah, good. Uh, so thank you so much, George, Gavin, Peter, Richard, Jeremy, Wayne, Jake, Daniel, and the rest of you who have supported us. We do really, truly yeah. appreciate it. Thank Fantastic. you so much. Thank you very, very much for uh, for your support. We will wear it always. That's an old uh, Eric Morecambe joke, isn't it? I don't know. Right. Um, shall I go for a question? Then we're, we're into books and stuff, aren't we? Um, Steve Deeker, uh, all of this back and forth um, stuff about flip out selfie screen and a tilt screen has made me think, why can't they do both? What I mean is, how hard would it be to, say, make two versions of the X-T5? One for photographers with a tilt screen and one for videographers with a flip out screen. Everything else uh, the same, just a different screen attachment. Surely that will be possible. And would Fuji consider... (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. We shall consider. Uh, no, they would never do that. Just on the from a cost point of view, yeah. you know, they just wouldn't. And these factories are set up. The the production lines are set up for specific things. Um, this this flippy tilty screen gate thing isn't going to go away anytime soon, is it? No, no, it's not. Um, and I still, I'm, I'm still kind of a bit bemused by it because I'm thinking, what's the matter with it? Can't you just flip, flick it up? Or I suppose it does work well, slight, well, slightly I differently, do- doesn't it? I do kind of get people's point on it. I do, I do understand it absolutely, and and I mean he's right. Actually, it does make more sense for a certain type of screen to be on a camera that's more video centric than on a stills one. But you know, it's it's a case of uh, what's the saying: the better the devil you know than the devil that jumps on your shoulders, or something. That's that's the words that Carly Minogue wrote. You're quite right. Yeah. (laughs) That was it, yeah. Um, anyway, you, they, they can't. They, they're not going to to uh, appease everybody for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, but at the same point, I do. I, I I kind of get the point of why people have an issue with with certain ergonomics of those those designs. Um, but I don't. I, I have to say, it's not really been an issue for me. Saying that, I don't have an XT4, mm. uh, so I don't. I don't know what the, the screen is like on that. But mm. you, but you're right. It's not going to go away anytime soon. No. We should get a jingle. Flippy tilty gate. <laughs> should be Bing bong. <laughs> do you want me to do another question before you do the books? Because I, yeah. I know we've got to get more people sending in Facebook questions. Yes, please. Um, this one is from Lawrence Menard. I think it's Menard. Menard, yes. Don't you dare do the Menard, Menard. <laughs> oh, please. I knew you. Hi, guys. First off, love the podcast. And I always look forward to Monday mornings. Um, so I can listen to, to the latest show. It starts my week off perfectly. Well, there's a, another person from Ontario. Um, my question is for, for, for the both of you. Can I use my X-T1 with uh, Fujifilm X-Raw Studio? Well, already I'm batting this one across to Kev. 
I wanted to check this program out for shits and giggles, but when, when I start the app up, it can't seem to find my camera. I'm using a MacBook Pro uh, with Mac OS Mojave. Thank you for the great show. Look forward to hearing from you. From Lawrence. He said, hey, I noticed you have a lot of Canadian listeners, so I'm quite sure all of us Fuji users, Fujifilm, uh, would love to see you both come over to Canada for a visit. We'd love to come over to Canada. Mm. I couldn't even well, get over to the Isle of Wight at the moment. We have much to see and do from the east to the west to the rural and urban areas. This is a big and beautiful country. Make a long trip. You need it. Yeah, I'd love to go. Absolutely love to go to Canada. I have I've to never say. been. Never been. Uh, um, okay, so the x Studio as far as I'm aware, is not compatible with the X-T1. Right. I've, just, I've just popped into Google now, um, and I think, according to the to what I'm looking at, uh, GFX 50S, version 2 or later, Fujifilm X-T2, version 3 or later, Fujifilm X-Pro2, version 4 or later, X100F, version 2 or later, and obviously all subsequent cameras ever since. Yeah, so I don't think the X-T1 is uh, is supported by Fujifilm Actual Studio. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the shits and giggles answer for you. And it's more the former than the latter for you, I'm afraid, on that <laughs> yeah. one. But we would like to come to Canada. I think it's a great idea. I've always wanted to go to Canada. That could be the second anniversary gig in Canada. Well, it'll be the third. We just had the second. Well, yeah, but I'm thinking we've sort of delayed the Oh, second. the gig, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, maybe we should save up for the third, miss out the second one, and when we get to the third, we'll all be in, in, in Canada. In Ontario, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? Does sound very nice. It does, indeed. doesn't it? Anyway, we'll start. We'll start saving for that. We'll put in a penny a week. Uh, <laughs> let's do book of the week this week. Ah, oh, you've got a real, real corker this week, haven't you? I have got a beautiful, beautiful book, yeah. and it's called A Voice Above the Lin. Um, how do you spell the Lin? The Lin. Lin L I double N. Okay. Uh, a book by Robbie Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, photos by Robbie Lawrence with poems by John Burnside. Okay. Um, now, if if any of you are part of the Martin Parr Foundation, Robbie did a webinar on uh, last week, in fact, and I, I logged in and, and watched him talk about this book. I already had the book, um, but it's uh, it was interesting to see his take on it. So the actual book, the, the premise of the book is that uh, Robbie and his girlfriend stumbled across this garden up in Scotland, and it was run by uh, a man called Jim. And over a period of several years, Robbie would go back and photograph not only Jim himself, but the garden and the evolution of the garden. And um, at one point, so Robbie and his, his, his girlfriend went up for the final time, uh, only to find the the garden in a state of uh, disrepair. And they subsequently found out that Jim had died. Oh. And so he was no longer no longer around. Mm. Um, but the photos, so this is the, the poems are, are beautiful. If you're into poetry, I like poetry, but I don't, I don't kind of pretend to understand it, but the photos, the, the portraits of Jim himself, are. now I, I listened to the webinar and he was saying that I, I thought this was all shot on film, but he said, no, it's all digital. And the beauty of the print is in the book. So the book, um, is made by publisher Stanley Barker. And the the actual what Robbie was saying in the webinar was that he wanted this book to feel like a journal, you know, something mm. you'd pick up. And he said a lovely a lovely thing actually. He said, I really want this book to be on people's coffee table. I really want to see coffee stains on it. I want to see <laughs> bent up edges. I want people to 
dip in and out of this book. I don't want it to be stuck on a shelf and, and just left there. Yeah. And so, you know, it's the colors of the color pictures, the, the, the depth and density of this, these images, it, it's, it's really mind blowing. You have to see it to understand it. Um, but it, as he says, it's digital, it's digital images. Yeah. Is it then like, it's on, on this beautiful uncoated sort of paper, uncoated paper. Oh, yeah. Right, and, yeah. and the smell of it. Can you smell this? Yeah. Oh, that's that's good. lush man. Yeah. As they would say in that's Wales. What? Lush. Mm. Um, but there's so, so the, the book is not really structured as such, but the uh, kind of chapters, if you like, are segmented by these little black and white still lives of, uh, you know, simple cases of a leaf or a flower. Um, and these lovely vistas of this garden and, and then interspersed with, with um, poems and, and, and the odd picture of, of Jim himself. Um, now, everybody needs a gym in their life looking at everybody gym. <laughs> needs a gym. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's just, it's one of those books that he's right. It does, it needs to be picked up, handled, smelled, touched. You know, it's, it's a, it's a tangible thing. So yes, this book and you, I don't even know if you can find it available much right now. I did get it from the photobookstore.website, photobookstore.co.uk again. 38 quid, I think, yeah. Martin Parr did have it on his website. I've just looked now on the stanleybarker.co.uk and it's out of print or not available there. So it might be a tough one to get hold of. But to give you a little bit more of a a more concise overview, I'm just going to read the the page notes. Uh, And it says, in 2016, Robbie Lawrence first travelled to a remote stretch of coastline in the west coast of Scotland to Lynn Gardens, which lies at the head of Cove Bay on the west side of Rosneath Peninsula. The gardens have been run for 50 years by Jim Taggart, an avid botanist and gardener. Um, And then it goes on to say, when I first met Jim, who by this point was well into his 80s, he told me that he decided to keep the gardens going as a memorial to his son. Over the past few years, I went back to visit Jim and document the garden as it passed through the seasons. Despite his age, Jim would, would... bound around the garden, occasionally stopping to provide a lengthy anecdote about a particular fern or a tree. Last summer, Jim passed away at the age of 84. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's beautiful, really, really beautiful book. Um, and, you know, I want, I would I would encourage everybody to to, to look for that if they can. It's not expensive. You, you, if it's in yeah. print, it's 35 it's Between 38 and 45 pounds is, is the prices I've said. I think I've found a couple in stock here. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, so... But but when you look at it, it's a sort of it's a study, isn't it? It's a proper study. It's somebody that's looked looked at at something and thought, I'm just going to study it. I'm going to get the some things, the nothings, as I call them. I'm going to get yeah. some portraits, um, some candids, uh, and it's a it's a real. If you sat down and did a, a a study project, this would be it, wouldn't it? And it makes you feel, oh dear, you know, I want a study project. It's lovely, and yeah. and it's put together like. Like a journal, it's like a, an exercise book. Yes. You know, loads of yeah. loads of places yeah. for you to to jot in or sketch yourself yeah. if you so wish to. Yeah. Um, oh, it's great. Uh, these amazing black and white images, the uh, the, the 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 fog on the on the penin- across the peninsula. It's just beautiful, and you know, the portraits, especially for me, are the things that capture yeah. me. Yeah. And of course, this this uh, gentleman is no longer with us, but yeah. it's it, what what a tribute, huh? What a memorial. God, yeah. I like the still life stuff as well, in particular. The little yeah. black and whites where he's just got hold of um, uh, of something from the garden, placed it on a table and made a picture. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I think listening to the to the webinar he did, that his girlfriend did that. His his girlfriend set those up, yeah. and they're 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 like the placeholders. Now the story about Jim's son, by the way, is equally sad, in that he was also following in his dad's footsteps and was a botanist. Right. Um, and he went off traveling to do some kind of gathering of, of, um, of flowers and ferns and stuff to bring back and, and just disappeared. And uh, oh. they, they found his, he'd, he'd fallen, they found his body months later down a ravine. Very sad. Sad end to the story. Mm. But a great Beautiful book. book, though. Beautiful book, absolutely. Worth writing down and going back to check every now and then, I think. I'm going to be doing that, although I think I may have found a couple. But, um, yeah, def- definitely worth writing down and, and buying, if will, not now, in the future. We'll link on the show notes yes. to the places that we can find it, of course. Yeah. Um, can you link but, after I've done, I've bought one? <laughs> yeah, after you've written it down with your old man pen and pen- pencils. Yeah. Oh, during the war. <laughs> right. Uh, before we, I think we've got time for one more question, but we'll come back and do that question in a moment, because before we do that, um kev had an yeah kev had an idea i think it's still i think it's your idea kev kev had an idea around about a year and a bit ago and uh and we should really introduce you to somebody that that made that idea well pretty much he made it happen we we kind of introduced it and then he made it happen so uh you'll know it as fujicast at four let's talk to neil ford hello neil Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yes. Well, um, the reason why why you're on is um, is is because uh, you have been running successfully, single handedly. It might be added as well. The uh, the Fuji Cast at four after Kevin released the idea um, a year ago, uh, and then nicely sort of in rugby style, as Kev would sort of threw the ball out to the winger and just uh, pulled up with a pulled muscle and went to the the bar and drunk beer uh, yeah that could be one way of putting it i suppose <laughs> is that a fair description of it kev yeah i think that's very accurate um but yes the idea the idea was mine so i'm taking all the glory <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well well it was your idea wasn't it i think it was it was my idea yeah but then I, once after about 10 seconds i realized how complicated it would be and so <laughs> we said neil help yeah <laughs> and bless him he did indeed so um first well should we do the winners first or yeah let's do the winners first so four people won you did um a scoring system neil and and if you haven't heard about the fuji cast of four the idea was very simple well initially it started out that you had to take the picture exactly bang on at four o'clock but that soon sort of um, went a little bit left at the traffic lights and it became take a picture any time between four and five yeah, yeah, because people were finding four o'clock a little bang on four a little difficult. Yeah, I understand and, that, yeah. and also we had time zone fun and games. So That's yeah. True. yeah, so shall we announce the uh, the winners, and then we'll talk a little bit about about the photographs that came came through. Neil, you, Neil, you can do the honours. Okay, so the four winners were in no particular order because they all, both all of the four posted for all three hundred and sixty six days. So that's an incredible achievement, I have to say. And they were Mandy Burton. Adam Richardson, Leon Lewis, and Sven Brandola. That's their Facebook names. Yeah. So. That's very cool, isn't it? You wouldn't have thought Leon Lewis would have time for this, would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bought all I bought all her songs. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. She does live in a funny world, I've got to say. <laughs> Looking at the pictures. So um so well done to those four. But but give us an idea of, of some of the some of the days were um, were very special. I'm, do you mind me mentioning there was one particular day that was particularly close no, to you? Wasn't no, there? we I mean, can I, talk about I, that. I, mean, I, th- I thought it was a. I, I'm, I'm sort of. 
Um, I was hesitant for a moment to mention it, but we will, because there was a day that was, um, I, I think, where the community really came together for you, Neil. Uh, yes, yes. So um, the uh, in June of last year, uh, my mother unfortunately passed away uh, very suddenly and very unexpectedly, um, not from the pandemic, but from an unrelated condition. And as a, uh, as a kind of a way of lifting my spirits or you know passing passing their condolences uh, all of the people in the group that posted that day posted pictures of flowers yeah so you know from their garden or if they had a formal display in the house somewhere they all posted pictures yeah. of flowers which was very very nice in in memory of my mum which yeah um yeah was was really very very touching um pretty special you'd leave a lump in the throat um because i knew nothing about it it had been organized by one of the other uh, participants behind the scenes and then suddenly these pictures started appearing with notes saying um you know rest in peace my mum and it was like something's going on here (laughs) (laughs) and uh, that was what it was well, that was that was one of the highlights, I think, from looking at it. Kev, how many times did you post, by the way? Well, I posted a flower <laughs> on that day. Yeah, you, you did, did do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I posted, I think, two times before that. <laughs> how many points did Kev get? Did I win the Kev versus Neil competition? Uh, yeah, you did. Uh, by lots or by just an incy uh, bit? By a reasonable amount, oh, I like think. A, a proper margin. Give me a second and I, I, will, I will give you the, the, the horrible details. Right. So I've just scrolled, just scrolled the spreadsheet too far. So. You're going to have to keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Uh, well, keep Neil scrolling. got 30 points 30 and Kevin right. got eight points. Eight points. Ah, eight. <laughs> yeah, which was, I think, a total of five photographs, I think. Ooh. Five. Uh, yeah, five photographs from, from yourself, Kevin, and uh, Neil posted 22 in total. I, I could never figure out, as I watched this thing grow, I couldn't quite figure out, are you drinking a bottle of wine out of the bottle there, Neil? Uh, yeah, I am, yeah. it's. Yeah. I, I couldn't quite figure out. <laughs> Don't you know there's a war on? During the war. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like when you stole off a plane. I couldn't quite figure out how you were doing the points. Like, in my simplistic head, which is very simplistic, I'd have just given people a point a day. First of three six six, that would have been in me. But however, I points posted five times and got eight points. Yeah, yeah. Because the idea was it was it was the, the yes, it was slightly convoluted. But the, the the premise was that it would reward consistency for each additional day or consecutive day you posted for a total of five days. You got an extra point. So day one was one, day two was three, day three uh, was uh, yeah, day two was two rather, three, four, and five. So if you posted for five days consecutively, you scored fifteen points, and uh, then it reset, went back to one. So it didn't it didn't keep going and get completely crazy. So you've posted for a hundred days, and suddenly you're getting a hundred points. It reset every five days, and it also reset if you skipped. So if mm. you posted on days one, two, and three, that would be one, two, three. You missed the fourth day. You started back at one again, and therefore, so it, it favoured consistency. Right. Um, it's like it's like a little bit like all the losing bonus points Scotland get in the rugby, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> careful, yeah. careful, Kev. Yeah, and then at the very end, what I did was I also added on the total one for each individual picture posted. Um, yeah. That added on as a as a bonus to just separate 
plus potential ties. Did you not feel like doing minus points for people like Kev? <laughs> no, no, um, I didn't. No, I was very good. I, right. you know, <laughs> I didn't make the rule. You know, I didn't set the rules. I was just managing it. Well, right. it wasn't. It wasn't mine to say to people, "No, you can't post that" or whatever. I was fairly. You know, I was fairly understanding, well, and, and and a couple of occasions, I'm you know, people posted perhaps outside the original time frame, but you know, most people got like one pass. It was like, yeah, okay, I'll let you off once because you you know you were you were stuck in traffic or whatever. Well, it was a it was a great uh, a great idea, great um, undertaking, I think, from people that uh, that did it all year long. Uh, just just give us um, a couple of. Uh, can you remember any pictures in particular that you that raised a smile? Oh. Or- there were lots of really interesting things lots of dog obviously lots of dog pictures and lots of random things lots of desk shots obviously very early on it started out with lots of people were just photographing their desk because four o'clock they were sat at their desk interesting of course because this all started before all of the all of the craziness happened Mm. um so it was interesting to see how the photographs changed once people were stuck at home lots of kind of Lots of computer screens, <laughs> lots of pictures of people editing photographs. That's quite a common, yeah. a common, a common theme. Was that, there any? Was there any? Uh, you know, like uh, a little bit um, racy. No, actually, I don't think there was anything even. I mean, I think even the even the last day because the, the the last day everybody posted a yeah. selfie. Right. Um, that was they all agreed. I oh, will post a selfie on the last day. But even those were were clean. There wasn't one. Even you know, no one was tempted to do one with you know bare shoulders or something. Yeah. I, I did like Mandy Burton's one with the beard, though. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> her, yes. The hipster, everything hipster. Yeah, Mandy's Mandy's got a, a, a cracking sense of humour and definitely. Yeah. I wonder. Um, I wonder what you were going on about there. Don't be rude. Don't you start. You're out of office. <laughs> well, I think it's been an amazing undertaking, Neil, and we're really thankful for you doing it. So, um, so yeah, this is our, our call to you to say, let's start again then. So, food. <laughs> yeah. no, no, uh, no, 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 no. I seem to. I seem to have taken something else on. So I'm. I'm busy. I'm afraid. <laughs> well, it was amazing undertaking, and we raise a glass to you. There we go. But but um, it's the gift that doesn't stop giving. Well, Kev doesn't anyway. <laughs> I'm always giving me. So we have got you a gift because yeah. we did realise that we we, we rather, uh, it was mostly Neil's idea, threw you in the deep end. And uh, <laughs> and we decided to to uh, get you something a little bit nice. So, well, I think it's nice anyway. And, and because it's me, it's a photo book. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's a very, very nice photo book. However... I'm not, not going to tell you what it is. Oh. I do have it in my hands. Oh. I'm going to show you. Because we're doing this on Zoom, yeah. we, he can see me and I can see him. So I'm just going to show him. There it is. <laughs> okay. But uh, the reason why I'm not going to tell you what it is is because it is also the book of the week. The book of the week, week. yeah. The yeah, yeah. show. Yeah. So oh, you'll, you'll you. just have to wait till Monday morning what? to listen to the show. <laughs> to find out what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, it is. Yeah. that and works. Then, <laughs> and then wait for the postman to turn up. But I can guarantee it is, uh, it's a very beautiful book. Yeah. Thank and, uh, you. Well, you will indeed it. love it. So, I did it for the fun of it, really. It was it was one of those. It was oh, a challenge. I'll keep the book then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, like like Neil's Christmas present, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, right, yeah. I'll put, yeah. I just wrap that up and give it to him next year. <laughs> if, if that if that is a signed book, he obviously likes you more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that, shall we? <laughs> oh, thank you, Neil. My pleasure, as always. So our thanks to, to Neil Ford, who's been an absolute star. And it might seem sound strange, but we sort of surprised him with a book after we've told you about a book. Uh, but I'm sure you used your imagination and made it work. 
Right, questions. Oh, well, I think we've got time for two more, actually. So, Kev, do you want to go? You've got one out of the Facebook group, and, and um, I'll, I'll do just one more uh, out of the emails. Okay, so uh, we've got one from our, our shiny whistle-floating referee, Steve Vaughan. <laughs> uh, and he's literally just posted this in the la- in four minutes ago. He says, uh, I just made my own custom camera profile in Lightroom using an X-Rite color checker passport. Oh. Have you or Neil ever done that? And why? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back yeah, to Steve, you. Steve, you dork. <laughs> yeah. You. No, I'm joking. I've done it. I've done it several times. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, but I've done it because my uh, the profiles in, in that I build for my presets are based on camera specific things. Right. Um, so you need to you need to do a uh, you need to use the X right color checker passport to build a profile yeah. for a specific camera. So I have done it, but that's the only reason why I wouldn't just do it for fun. Why it's not? not you thing you, you could have more fun if you did. I, my question to Steve is, why have you done it? Yeah, yeah, well, Steve. He, he had a spare couple of months on his hands. <laughs> mm. Maybe, yeah. Um, but no, it's quite interesting, though. Those X-Rite colour checker passports, uh, obviously, mostly people would use them to, to drag around and do white balance check-in and, yeah. and well, any colour check-in, really. Uh, very useful little pieces. But, uh, yeah, for, for camera profiling, that's what you need to use as well, which most people will, will just have yeah. switched off by now and gone to listen to, I don't know, <laughs> Fuji Love or something. <laughs> um, right, last last question. This one comes uh, from Indy Lehman. Within the genre of wedding photography, please, can you talk about the differences between traditional weddings? See, we last week we got we got accused of doing too many wedding questions, didn't we? <laughs> when we haven't actually done weddings much at all, I thought. So we've we've just got one today. Have we done anything else on weddings? Oh, we kind of. So, now we we did, didn't we? Because we got the start of your career. But that could have okay. been anything. That could have been photographing flowers in Jim's house. Um, so yeah, question with it within the genre of wedding photography, can you please talk about the differences between traditional wedding photography that was practiced when I was married 35 years ago during the war and the documentary style that you practice now? Is it, is it like the difference between a stage director and a fly on the wall? And as far as Neil being interviewed by Kevin Mullins, my vote is go for it. We'll move over that bit. Let's go. Oh no, I've had loads of people. No, you haven't. I have. No, I've had no, you one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, a one hundred thousand. So, no, you haven't. Million. Um, so yeah, the the di- well, the differences between trad and um, and doc. Actually, my mother and father, um, when they got married in nineteen sixty two, they had a, a very, I think, progressive uh, wedding photographer who uh, who worked in a fairly documentary style, actually, and uh, their their wedding album. Um, starts with quite a lot of documentary pictures. It Was it, did you say nineteen sixty two? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it might have been Steve. Was it Steve? Might be Steve Vaughan. <laughs> Only joking, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I, well, I mean, obviously, one is candid, and and one is sort of those weddings that went well into the eighties, really, and the nineties. And you know, were very traditional, weren't they? I don't think there were many candid photographers around. There was Jeff Ascoff, who sort of broke yeah. the mold in this this country, and and then of course. Uh, after that was a domino effect, and people were, oh, I love this stuff. And and I wouldn't say he's invented documentary wedding photography, but he sure inspired. I mean, I know he inspired you and certainly inspired me. Mm, but yeah, up, I mean... Up, up uh, to that time, you know, it was, all tra- it was a lot of traditional, wasn't it? Yeah, and I would say that I, I've seen your parents' wedding album, and it is mm. absolutely gorgeous. It's, it's so beautiful. 
And, you know, the difference, yes, of course, the, dip, the, the basic difference is one's candid and one's not. Yeah. And, you know, can, as we've said many times, candid is an adjective. It's either staged or it isn't staged. And mm. that's, that's the end of it. Mm. Um, and what people like Jeff did when he came along, there was Dennis Reggie. Do you remember him? He I was, do, I do, yeah, yeah. He was the father of it all, I think, in the was States. He? Okay. Yeah, I think he was the first one who, who kind of offered this as a service, candid oh. wedding photography. Oh, okay. And, of course, in those days, it was, it was on film and Jeff did his on his Leica cameras and yeah, yeah. that you know you needed proper skill and talent to uh, I, there's no way I could do it on film I couldn't I wouldn't even know how to open the camera and put the film in let okay. alone take the pictures yeah. and and people like like Jeff and Dennis Reggie and uh, you know other people of, of at that time yeah they they kind of broke the mold and and were like well hang on look we can we can still take pictures of your wedding day yeah. without it being totally staged and and having a fake cutting of the cake and, and then actually cutting it in real life and all of that stuff. I mean, back in those days, people, the photographers would shoot three or four weddings a day, you know, they'd, know, they'd go to I the know, wedding, they'd set up the cutting of the cake, they'd yeah. set up a fake first dance and then they'd go to the next wedding. And, and that was just the way it was. There was nothing wrong with that. That's, yeah. that's, that's the way it was. It's the same, you know, people used to drive without wearing seatbelts just because that's the way it was. Yeah. And, uh, and things have progressed. Yeah. So it, ultimately it's, it's this idea of, yeah, fly on the wall and stage direction is a good, a good way of, of separating the two, I think. On the um, uh, Photography Daily podcast, uh, which I hope you don't mind me mentioning for a second, Kev, but it, it, it's just struck me that there's a very uh, uh, apposite um, subject, this, because we're talking about crossing the fourth wall and what happens when, um, with Ed Cashy today, um, the uh, seven uh, agency photographer, uh, yeah. talking about when people look you in the eye, does it, does it, is it then not candid anymore? It's a small part of the interview, but it, ha it has created a, a larger conversation about the idea of just because somebody looks you in the eye, is it no longer candid? What, what do you think about that? Does, That's does, really is, interesting, is, isn't it? Is, I, I never really thought about that. I, I, my take on it is if you don't direct them mm -hmm. to do any, and by that I mean even you know, pointing my substantially pointy eyebrow in one direction, <laughs> uh, then then it's candid. If they yeah. look at you without any direction, then it's candid. That, oh, that would be my take on it. But, but, but you, I have to say, yeah, but haven't you Ed changed? Cashier's got a lot more, <laughs> a lot more legacy and talent and experience than me to have a uh, conversation on that. But you've changed the the situation, though, haven't you? By your your presence, the fact that you've been spotted. That's what that's what I think. Mm -hmm. This whole conversation about. Um, you know, does is it is it no longer candid because then you have changed the situation? It's by I mean, being there, yeah, and it's just by being there, yeah, just by being there, and suddenly they may be acting differently. I mean, a very interesting one. Uh, Don McCullen's incredibly potent picture of the of the marine with the staring eyes. Mm. Um, I mean, you could say, is that a portrait or is that candid? What is it? Yeah, yeah. I think that's slightly different because he he was in shell shock, wasn't he? he so, was. Yeah, he was. but yeah, the point the point the point is the same. You're right. Um, I don't know. Are you? I have to say, you're getting some amazing guests on on the um, photography daily. So I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that carefully and see what he says. <laughs> Well, it's only because they say, do you, do you know that Kevin Mullins? And I say, I do, yeah. I'll only come on the show if you if you introduce me to Kev. Oh, I've <laughs> yes. got a list of 50 Every people that want to meet you. Once you've listened to this, folks, you can then head over to the photography day. Absolutely. Oh, well, yeah. well, you're at the end now anyway, so <laughs> that's, that's practically it. But uh, that's it. Well, Kev's going to go off into the distance and uh, he's going to have to make a lot of very soul-searching decisions after this show today. Who he's going to dump out of his life on Facebook so he can let a few people in. Who's going to be first to go, Kev? Don't say me. <laughs> <laughs>
No comment. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's it for another week. If you can share the episode on Twitter or on Facebook, you are an absolute star. Please, please, while we're talking about Facebook, it's very important at the moment because God knows how long how long we're going to be in this this um, shutdown at the moment, Kev, because... Oh, um, it's less and less by the it? day. It will be oh. like a matter of weeks. Yeah, weeks. What? I'm confident. Weeks? Yeah. yeah. You don't I know think, that. What, no, what? I don't mean that at all. What I'm do you think? Say that. Bouquet chicken, what do you think? Oh, he agrees with you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, yeah, um, make sure you go into our Facebook group and uh, leave some questions so that because um, Kev does the Facebook questions and I do the email ones email your questions into to uh, click at fujicast.co.uk uh, thank you to those that are supporting the show by Patreon that we mentioned today funnily enough we've got some nice messages from some of the names you mentioned which we will read out because they've said some nice quite amusing things some of them uh, music from Blue Wednesday supporting music from the incredible artlist.io and uh, we will see you next week. Bye-bye, Kev. Bye-bye. The Fujicast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.